Welcome, welcome. This is Shakishan, the white boy. I am your host, Ryan, the white boy dinger. Here with me, as always, is my fantastic co-host. She is a writer, a director, a producer, and we found out a couple weeks ago, she is also now taking on the title Dope Ass Leader. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Shakisha, the voice, Williams. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. You know, we are out here. We're doing the damn thing. And I feel good about this season. You know, yeah. we are, what, six, seven, eight, maybe. No, we're 10. This is episode 10 of season two. So Is it episode 10 already? No. I believe so. Yeah. No. Let me see. Oh, I got to count them now. Let's see, three. Tamika, Sean, Lewis, uh, last week. I forgot what we talked about last week. Oh, hey, best man. You're right. Yeah, man, we got it in. We're doing we it. Few, I know it goes so fast. Thing. Time goes by so quickly. Yeah, I didn't realize that. And over the week, I was thinking about our episode on imposter syndrome. Because yes. I was feeling a bit of FOMO. Like a lot of my, actually FOMAL, um, a lot of my buddies, my crew, my tribe, they're doing a lot of like cool things. Mm -hmm. in the filmmaking space and I'm just like why won't anyone call me and like why can't I play with you in your sandbox and in an intense FOMAL moment my husband Dwayne said to me well here's the thing man because our our saying around the house is one million dollar check yeah and what we mean by that is if we're at a Hollywood party or somewhere in New York at a gala and we meet you know Kevin Hart or we meet you know, LeBron James and we just hit it off and it's cool. And LeBron goes, well, I've been wanting to invest a million in a project. What are you into? I call my office tomorrow. Let's set up a meeting. Am I ready? Yeah. Have yeah. I done everything I need to do for the project that means something to me? Like, can, am I a go? Do I have right, the right, cast right. set up? Do I have the budget set up? Have I written the script? Do I do rewrites? Have I got, have I done everything I need to? And it was so for reing thinking that way mm. as opposed to and it, it takes my power back because it's no longer about you know actually what he said is what if god just wants you to do your thing yeah so yeah. a million dollar check what if god wants you to do your thing so i'm expanding on it because we have our shorthand married language sure but when i tell you that entire day i was walking on air i didn't get any phone calls nothing changed except my mind that's the only flip that happened. And I'll be honest with you, I've been riding on that high. I've been feeling really good because yeah. now it's on me. I don't have to worry. Nobody's going to get it for me. I get it. I'm doing it. Yeah, I think um, that's honestly been one of the big takeaways for me as we've been doing these Art of the Grind segments, which have been a, have been a big part of season two. Uh you know, you talk to these people who have had success, who, who are kind of doing the thing that they wanted to do. And they're, they're, you're always looking for like the secret like key or like the, the right door to open. But I feel like the thing that I've learned most from all of them is that like you just do the work and it happens before you like you don't even realize it's happening when it's happening, you know, and you just have to kind of believe in, in God or, or put faith in whatever it is that like doing the work or, or that the ritual that the process is going to eventually bear that fruit. And I think that that has been eye-opening for me as well and has helped change my mindset that like you do sort of have to just lean into just doing the process and like trusting that 
if you keep doing, doing these things, doing it consistently, doing the stuff, you know, working toward the things that you want, eventually that right door, that right opportunity, that right chance meeting is going to happen. Absolutely. There's no secret sauce, man. In the Bible, God says, uh, and it's like Yahweh and Yahweh translates into I am. So yeah. anytime you say I am, you know, you are claiming a godlike vision. Mm-hmm. Right. You're you're stepping in. You're stepping into I have control. I'm the creator of my path. I'm the creator of my essence. I'm the creator of my future, my now, my tomorrow. And what I do today, you know, I don't want to sound tacky or corny, but pre- the present is a gift because it builds for tomorrow. Yesterday is here and gone. You spent what is it? Eighty thousand, eighty six thousand seconds. You already spent that. It's yeah. gone. So that was very freeing. And also on the topic of imposter syndrome, there's a woman named Desiree Dixon and she is a a psychiatrist. And she was talking about the idea of body trauma, internal body trauma, as opposed to imposter syndrome. Like me as a black woman or me as like for people who are of Muslim faith and grow up in America, all Mm -hmm. the trauma that you have kind of coming up you know, people are bullied, people have trauma, and we often equate it to imposter syndrome, as opposed to thinking about it, like we real, we have real trauma that we have to deal mm, with. Yeah, that has yeah. been also like, it's been a free and weak, man. Like, it's been I love positive. to hear it. I love the to idea that. that it's no longer about me making myself little, but dealing with the things that I've gone through, or yeah. the things that have added up to make me come into this kind of conclusion, it's a different battle from that point. You know Mm. what I mean? So it's been a good week, man. It's been dope. That's great to hear. Uh, Before we move on, I do want to ask, what is FOMO? I don't think I've heard that expression before. Fear of missing out on work. Fear of missing out on work. Ah, I see. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I'm glad that you were sort of able to have that. And, and, you know, I feel like we talk about that a lot, that it's this ongoing struggle. You, you have these breakthroughs and then you slip back a little bit mentally, and then yeah. you have another sort of thing that gets you back on track. And really, uh, you know, I think it's just committing to that process and, and putting the trust out there. So, Amen. and like I said, I, that has definitely been a big part of what I've taken away from our art of the grind segment so far. And listener yeah. on today's episode, we hope you've, you've been enjoying Art of the Grind because we've got another one and another very special guest. Uh, our guest today is a rapper, poet, a music producer, and also a pretty darn, pretty darn good at his day job. If you listen to this show regularly, you know him as Sir B or Berberock. That's right. The man behind our theme music, Mr. Michael Berberich, is in the building and he'll be joining us just a little bit later on. But first, we start, as we always do, with Uh-oh. a little segment we like to call WTF. What? Fuck. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck, Richard? What the fuck? WTF. We're back in the bathroom, actually, Shakisha. We've we've been in the bathroom a few times on WTF, and we're making a return today. Our headline on today's WTF is singer-songwriter Megan Trainer and her husband have side-by-side toilets in their home. Let me give you a little background here. Speaking on the podcast, The Voice, Megan Trainer said she and her husband have two toilets right next to each other in their bathroom. Quote, we just got a new house and we did construction. Nobody knows this, but in our bathroom, there was one toilet. And a lot of times in the middle of the night when we're with the baby, we got to pee at the same time. So I was like, can we please have two toilets next to each other? And so they did it. They had the uh, the guy who did the construction or the company who did the construction put two toilets in their bathroom. There were no pictures shared. So I can't tell you exactly what it looks like, but they're being described as 
two toilets right next to one another. No wall or anything, of course, just two toilets. After some internet backlash to trainer's information leak, the singer took to Twitter to defend the couple's unusual bath decor, bathroom decor, excuse me. To clear things up, this is another quote from trainer. To clear things up, we pooped once together and we laughed and said, never again, but he will hang out with me if I'm pooping because we soulmates, said the 27-year-old. And then she finished her statement, and I legit miss him when I'm away from him. We pee together, Avi. Shakisha, you've been married for a while now. Do you feel like you've been missing out? Is, is two toilets right next to each other what your, what your marriage has been missing? Whoa. A <laughs> lot of things. The trips to the Maldives. Um, going to Ibiza, Paris, um, South Africa, China, Japan. Now mm-hmm. South Korea, since I watched Squid Game, South Korea and the one, like I could yes. ball over in South Korea like no other. Um, Cause the one is, yeah, shout outs to South Korea, baby. Um, but the one dream vacay that I will never have is shitting next to my husband. I can't believe that. That right? motherfucker right there. I have walked in after he has used the bathroom and, and vice versa. And we both would be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> so, so I don't have kids, right? So uh, let me let me put that caveat out. Shout outs to you. Shout outs to you. In the beginning, you know, she said, when we're up with the baby, we have to pee at the same time. So they have two toilets to go. How long are these people peeing that they can't take turns? <laughs> like how long that can't like for real, like that you felt like you needed two toilets to be able to go at the same time. Like I've had to go to the bathroom at the same time as Caitlin before. Of course, we live in a Brooklyn apartment. We only have one bathroom. You know what happens? Caitlin goes Wait, to the bathroom. It's like a, dance. a minute and a dance. half, maybe. And then she comes out of the bathroom and then I go in and go to the bathroom. That's what a it, novel that's concept. It. That's right. it. Like, and also I can't believe that she said that he hangs out with her while no she's way. peeing. Now, no, no. look, what do you rich do, people are, do rich people's poop smell differently than I, I middle class no. and or working I, class? I have to think poop? no. I have to think no. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're drinking a ton I'm of rose water vegan. or something. To... I mean, I'm not full vegan, so maybe vegan poop is more. No, but I've smelled like it, like I animals so. who are vegans, and they shit stinks. No, no, I don't think so because uh, you know we're going to get a little uh, crass here, but extrapolating out from what I know, veggies and stuff make people typically more flatulent and have stinkier farts. So yeah. I don't think there's anything to the idea that a vegan diet or, you know, would make your, your poos less stinky, healthier. Sure. You know, but I, I don't think that health necessarily relates to the scent the, to of, the of the poo. Of, yes. And I don't know. Are I there mean, poo doctors who can validate this for us. Are yes. there doctors who work in poo? No, sure are. I don't know what the title would be called or, or scientist or yeah I mean I guess uh, some type of like um you know uh, intestinal doctor or something would uh Shita- we'll call them a shitologist a shitologist are there yeah. any shitologists that there, we can confer with yeah if you're a shitologist and you're listening right now please please reach out we need to know the poo situation but what I was going to say is about him hanging out with her while she's pooping I miss him sometimes now look Whatever you do in the comfort of your own home, <laughs> that's your business, okay? I, I can't dispute that. That's totally your business. But that screams toxic codependency to me, <laughs> right? You can't even be away from the person while you're taking a shit? Like, like, I'm sorry, 
I, I, well, I, you and I have been with our partners for a very no, very I knew you were going to say that. And <laughs> I don't. So, you know, our uh, how no. we view the 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 how we view this and con- no. continue. No, I already thought about this, Shakisha, and the opposite happens. You get more comfortable going to the bathroom in front of people True. as time goes on. Yeah, We've been yeah, with yeah, our yeah. partners long enough where we can say comfortably we've reached the ceiling of our bathroom comfort. Like, you know, I, there's nothing there. I'm, I I can't go any further. I've done it all. I will never invite Caitlin into the bathroom with me while I'm taking a poo. It'll never happen. And and if Caitlin asks me, I will be like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Get away from me. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? No, I I reject the premise that it's new love. Sorry, I, I can't I can't ride with you on that one. Can't ride with you. I tried. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? What? Fuck. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck, Richard? What the fuck? A uh, very poo heavy WTF today. Megan Trainer and her husband. I don't know. You you would suggest that that's a rich people thing. Uh, I mean, maybe there's a lot of rose water or something. That's I. I yeah, I just don't think there's any explanation. Maybe she the master of the flush and drop. I don't know. <laughs> the flush and drop. The old <laughs> flush and drop. Yeah, I don't know. I. Uh, but let, let's let's move on. It's it's time to now for art of the grind. Yes. Our guest today, our dear friend Michael Berberich. I love Mike. He's he's dope. He's a dope artist and an even better human being. So yeah, that's yeah, it. That's the man. We had a great conversation. Let's get to it. It's time for Art of the Grind. Welcome back, Art of the Grind. And folks, we are very excited today because we have for the first time ever, a repeat guest on SATWB, the first repeat guest we've ever had. And, you know, we've done a few of these Art of the Grind segments so far, and I've I've really loved the conversations. But Shakisha, what I love about today's guest, and I think you've said this about some more other ones too, is he sort of is, is the embodiment of what Art of the Grind is about to me, because he is a prolific rapper, music producer, um, a, a poet, a lyricist. I mean, the guy has a ton of output, but he also does the Clark Kent Superman thing because he's got the nine to five grind too. Our guest today is also the senior director of content strategy for the A&E's Marketing Futures. So he actually is like the embodiment of finding the balance between nine to five and being an artist, art of the grind. It is the one and only Michael Berberich or if you prefer, Berberach. (laughs) I am so pumped. I was thinking about this earlier today. I'm like, I wonder if I'm the first two timer. Like this is like <laughs> SNL level, like yeah, we gotta you get know. you a plaque or something, I think. Exactly. You know, yeah. Uh, every single sure. person, every single person who comes on for a second time now, like I need to do a cameo bit. Like that's how it works. <laughs> we got you. Got out. you. I love but it. But no, I'm so happy to be on here and thank you guys so much for having me. So Mike, I actually wanted to start, you know, you had originally come to New York City when you were a, a youngin, 18 years old, I believe, with the intention of being an actor. And uh, you actually changed course somewhere along the way and did not that at all, really. Well, you did a little bit of acting for sure, but you know, your full-fledged 
hip hop artist, music producer now. What happened? Like, how do you wind up there? Yeah. So we, I, you know, turned 18, I'm in New York and yeah, I, I, I was kind of like big fish in small pond syndrome, like in Scranton, Pennsylvania, um, I was the, you know, lead for three years in the play and the president of the drama club. And I was, uh, <clears throat> not to flex, but state champion of speech and debate in my senior year for a humorous and terp. <laughs> little flex. Just uh, yeah, yeah, but how is that? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. That's not yeah. a flex when that's you're not that age though. When we're now at the age that we're at, yeah, that's a total flex, but you were a dork is what you were saying. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was like, you're, you're, my lizard brain was like, you're about to get beat up. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, so Fordham was like, it was between Fordham or Syracuse. I'm like Syracuse. I'm in the drama program already. Fordham. Like I just sent a tape. Cause it was like my fourth or fifth, you know, it's fine. Whatever. New York city. That's cool. And I was like, there's one thing about the Syracuse thing that I don't understand. Why in all the catalogs is everyone building a snowman? Why are a hundred percent of the pictures people building like 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 I went out to New York City on a nice day and I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> so got to Fordham and I wasn't even in of the actors. Like I had to go and like petition to get into acting 101, like the proper actor track thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it's kind of a refrain in my life after that that teacher was like, oh yeah, no, he's good for, for 102. And after like, and then getting good with 102 teacher, I got to do 103. And then it was like, no kid, like you have to audition and and do this for real, or you got to stop. Like we've really, so while that was happening, you know, it's funny. The short version of this is that uh, I went to New York to become an actor. And then I hung out with a lot of actors and I wanted, wanted to do something else. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but especially in like a, a, a school that was on the rise in, in, in drama, like Fordham, every, there was a lot of snipey pettiness around. And the other thing was if I wanted to act at 2am, what, what would that like, what would I do? Would I monologue into a corner? Like, no, if I want to act, I need to be in a play, especially back then it was 2001 Right. We didn't like, I couldn't just be like, yo, now I'm on TV. Now there's like, I'm a YouTube star. Like, so a lot of things combined and getting a drum machine for Christmas, like that like end of the first semester home for the holidays, get a drum machine. <clears throat> so it all kind of came together pretty quickly after that, like just got obsessed with that. And then like a couple months into it, I'm home in Scranton with my friend, Kevin. And in a day we write the song Scranton gangster and we make two copies, two burnt CDs kids. This is how music used to be transferred. So we, there were just two CDs, just Scranton gangster on them, gave them to two friends. One I'm sure putting in like the, the closet or their, their desk or something, never looked at it. The other one happened to be an editor for the university of Scranton and he had the University of Scranton's website. So he literally just uploaded this like file play of Scranton Gangster and thankfully put my name. <laughs> and so I don't know any of this is happening. And so all of a sudden I'm getting like, yo, man, that song's crazy, dude. Like, yo, Scranton Gangster is amazing. Like, yo, I'm like, oh, thank you. What? 
And so a couple of days go by, maybe a week goes by. And I get a call from my dad at like seven in the morning. And I'm like, oh, who died? And he's like, your song's on the radio right now. <laughs> somebody had sent it in. There was so many curses in this song. So somebody had to go in and like, like out every curse I did. They had to like slow it down so they could catch up with me. So there was this slowed down bootleg radio edited oh version God. of my song playing on the top 40 radio station. So yeah, right, like, right. It was like the the your top 40 radio station. So the next morning, they interviewed me on the morning show live. Uh -huh. And that night, <laughs> Scranton Gangster beat uh, Candy Shop by 50 Cent is the most requested song of the day. Suck on that, Fitty. Yeah. <laughs> What's good, Curtis? What's good? Um, why did I use his real name? I'm going to die. Right, right. Um, not the government. Not the government. Yeah. He's here for it. He's here for it. He got time all day. Yeah. I love you, 50. But okay. But yeah, I've been ranting and rambling for a while. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's what we want. That's a good origin story. Like, as far as origin stories go, that's like a dope, you know what they call like a uh, beginner's luck. Like that's beginner's luck on a, a whole other level. It's something that's interesting to me, and I think is is tough for a lot of creative people now. Is um, you know, you you Shakisha and I have both seen you in in the nine to five work atmosphere. You work hard. You you spend a lot of time and a lot of energy on that. Um, but you know, I I think it would not be unfair to say that like really your passion is is making music, hip hop you know, being a rapper, all of that. Um, thousand percent. So I feel like the question I want to ask is like, how do you sort of find the satisfaction and fulfillment in doing that stuff while sort of having all these other things that life sort of demands of you to pay the bills still going on? I like my comforts. Like I am, you know, just like that part of my, like, it's weird. It's not weird. It's, very human. And it's something that I'm like, it's not, you know, proud or unproud. It just is. So I was, I left my first right out of college. I started working nine to five at this actors networking place. Um, and like through quick succession of people leaving because the owner was uh, crazy. Uh, he was crazy. I started as the, uh, you know, assistant administrator. And then I was the office manager in about two months. And before like my first six, you know, nine months, I was the program director of this company, 21 years old, had no idea what I was doing with a very, very unfriendly boss. So like, that was my first taste of a nine to five. And I'm like, Fuck that. I'm never going to another state. Like, so <laughs> I got a job at a cater waiter company. They asked me one question. I got it wrong, but they needed people that night. And I had a black button down shirt and black slacks and black shoes. <laughs> so did not screw up that night. Had that. Uh, so that's great. But like, you know, it's limited. So you got to hustle to get another thing and maybe another catering company. And now you got two things coming in and like, oh, now your friends know that you've got some time. So like I was uh, a delivery person. I was, you know, I would take over venues and like help band set up for a little bit. The mm -hmm. coolest one I was for a weekend in um, South Carolina. 
I was the tour manager for Adam Pascal, who was in the original cast of uh, Rent. He oh, was cool. the, the blonde guy, but he's, yeah. So he has, a you know, a band and I drove them around. Um, I think it was, uh, I, I'm not going to remember the city, but we were in and out in a, a, a thing, but like never before or after have I been a tour manager and that, cause like somebody I was getting gigs from was like, oh, like, you know, if you want to do this. And here's what I learned. I did that because I was like, and at the same time, I'm going to carve out space for me and my creativity and my music. Mm -hmm. That didn't, well, it's funny. I say that didn't happen, but during that time I did finish my first album. So I'm like, "Eh, did it or didn't? I mean, it wasn't anything like I had in mind, I guess, you know, there weren't days where I was writing. It was like, I got home at five instead of midnight. And after crashing for two hours, I had three hours to work on music and like, Mm -hmm. you know, thankfully a lot to say, or a lot of half-baked songs that I was finishing. Mm -hmm. And then one of the many things was attempt to perm gig as an executive assistant at an ad agency, media agency, more more accurately. And I was like, sure, yeah, great. Um, I just had a gaggle of really nice, really easy bosses and they just needed their expenses and they needed their flights and they just didn't give a shit otherwise. And they like me, we got along. So I became perm and I did so, I wrote in like the, in like the, first four years there i wrote two full-length uh feature films on the job (laughs) while also doing the job but like i would spend four hour blocks of time writing scenes and character breakdowns yeah time out out. okay so (sighs) why haven't i seen scripts man why haven't i what's up because i'm a little it was crazy I i haven't seen the scripts though like what's up (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's a whole other thing you're gonna have to bring me on for like a, yeah. <laughs> a parody like, episode don't, don't make me come for you them like they're already the, or like 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 walk them out and and then take them we'll, away like what, what's we'll what's, take what's them off on? we'll take this offline we'll take this all right, offline all right. go on <laughs> it, it's about I, yeah it's about I having i've heard some of these concepts marketing I've heard oh. some of these concepts and this will turn into a two and a half hour segment if we start talking <laughs> all right, about it. All right, all right. Well, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. This will be, it'll be a one-on-one for your Patreon crowd. And uh, <laughs> right. go to Patreon just to hear me talk about two movies that don't exist. <laughs> I do have a question for you though. And I, I'm sorry that I cut, cut your rhythm, but like with everything that you have seen and particularly particularly now since you've gotten a gig that requires so much um Mm. one how do you stay connected to the music you know with a after a long day and life and family Mm -hmm. and by the way I know exactly where you were going with the comfort because I'm not a starving artist yeah 
totally. I get it. I, it's I, literally I, a line in one of my songs. So like, like balancing the fact that, you know, you're not a starving artist, but at the heart of who you are really trying to flush, flush that all out. Mm-hmm. Like how do, how, what is that? What is that like? And are, are there days when it's hard? Like, what is it all about? Well, recently it's, way less hard than it than it had been in the past. I'm a very or had been a very fits and starts writer. I'll do a day where like I'll cook up three like seedling beats and like write half a verse and then three months will pass without me doing anything other than like adjusting levels mm-hmm. every once in a while listening to it again, making a part, deleting it. Weirdly enough, I hate that I, I don't, you know, 2020, I think everybody d- deserves to feel as like, God, what an awful year. Like, I understand the idea of like the silver lining and the this and the that. Yeah. Um, But I will say, if that didn't happen, I'm not sure that I would have had the opportunity to rededicate myself like I did. I learned a lot about ritual mm. and making things official for yourself internally mm-hmm. and like giving yourself allowance to do things like yeah. a lot of stuff that I had enough quiet time and stillness, I guess mm-hmm. to consider. And so like I, now there is like a thing I do when the workday is done, you know, it is turning the computer off. It is folding everything up. It is putting it, putting it in this bag. This turning the bag away from me. Yeah. Like, so, so you're not tempted. Exactly. And so like being making those cuts, those sharp cuts of time. Mm-hmm. And then I will cook up for like 90 minutes because after that, I want to spend time with my wife. Like, and we got dinner to eat and like this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. So it's both ways, you know, but it's, treating that time where I'm cooking up as seriously as I do the time that I'm working as wow. you know what I mean? It's really uh, at the end of last year, I just really got back into um, production in particular. And that's kind of dovetailed to songwriting. I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but like for oh, a no, long it's time, knowledge, uh, right? it's, every, everything yeah. adds up. It all lines up because what you're at the at the end of, of everything, what you're essentially saying is there are 24 hours in a fucking day. And if I plan my time wisely and honor the time and keep and adhere to the spaces of time that I set aside for not only what pays my bills, you know, my family, as well as the thing that feeds me, I can get it all done. I just have to make a, a sound like I have to be intentional. Intentionality yeah. for me is one of the things that I've learned in 2020. You have to say, mm-hmm. you know what, I gotta, you know, I might not be able to watch like that new Netflix show. I might have to just do that. Uh, like while I'm, uh, if I'm going away, I'll watch it while I'm traveling or you, like you're setting right, aside right. time and being intentional. And that's so, so so important. I actually right now am, I don't want to say I'm going through that, but with all the the, the clients and, and stuff and the crowdfunding I've been working on, by the way, super successful. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying it like, like on some like, hey, I'm saying. No, it's but it's amazing. Like it is what it is. We've set the intention to make it that way. But it means right. I'm working. I've literally worked nine to 11 every day. And 
I find myself like there have been days when I've had like bad headaches and things like that. I have to figure out a way, you know, being a fully full, I've been an entrepreneur now for years, but I haven't done it like myself as a complete entity of, of, well, um, way of making money. So now it's a a full on way of making money for me and having that. So you are 100. I have to learn to respect the lines of demarcation. Mm, That's a great way to say it. So Mike, we talked about your origin story. We talked about your process a little bit, sort of how you find fulfillment, all those things, but we haven't really talked about the substance of your work. And obviously that's a super long conversation that we don't have time for, but um, I did want to ask you one question in in the SAT WB great tradition that relates to what you look like, your race. Uh, you, mm. like me, Mike, are a white man. Um, you're living in a world where we, for the longest time, and I think you and I are very, very aware of this, people who look like us have had uh, the megaphone firmly in our grasps and being able to tell our stories. And we're now we're at this sort of what feels like to me and I think some others an inflection point where now other voices are being heard and and getting attention just justifiably. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, time to to sort of see all these changes happening, but I think um, it sort of has me asking the question a lot. And it's the question I want to ask you is we white men have dominated the conversation for so long. Do we have any stories left to tell in our art? Ooh, so I and think that's a weed question right there. That was awesome. So I think we need to acknowledge history and like everything, the, the situation on all of its levels and where this came from. But I think like the eventual city on the hill that we want to get to is to think of people as individuals. Yeah. And so if you are speaking of your journey, I think I think one thing for white dudes is like you if you're gonna talk about something, you better know it up, down, all around, because that's one thing that I've actually made the kind of shift from, like like a notiony, you know, conscious rap, like. Mm-hmm blanket type stuff do you make your music i'm not telling anybody to not create but good as far as content inventory as far as just these notions of what you shouldn't do like call it out like uh, there's a few there's a few songs on whatever the next thing is called that i release that are just tongue the wound like poke say the shit like teach history back to people because people don't know it Mm -hmm. learn it really learn it and then teach it back i think that's one thing everybody can do but it's one thing that white dudes could probably safely do if they actually put the work in and you know i mean safely for like being a respectful person who deserves a platform in this culture in this genre in this everything like i know i don't fucking nobody needs me here you mm-hmm. know what i mean like i know this is not of my legacy so why should i be here right. and you know if i don't have a good answer for that well goddamn mm. like shut it down mm. do the work though or just talk about your feelings like talk about your feelings all day you know what i mean like go for it in white rapperdom or mm-hmm. in hip-hop 
I often wonder what, because we're in a space now, right? And I'm not talking about, because there is a portion of America that just doesn't care about reality or truth Mm -hmm. or, you know, finding common commonality. They're not interested in that. Right. And there's very little we could do for and with them outside of changing laws and making sure that shit is done properly, a.k.a. the George Floyd Floyd bill. Let's get it. Um, However, for those who are on the cusp, who may unintentionally because i will say there may be some unintentionality like i don't Mm. like i say it this way we we have become accustomed in this country to just regurgitating what we hear oh yeah um we've gotten away from reading we've gotten away from facts and 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 figures and things that really matter so to someone who's on the cusp in this industry um we've seen a lot of falls a lot of missteps um what do you say to someone who's coming into hip hop now and utilizing their voice, you know, for the voiceless? And that's not just like they're poor people. Like so many people don't realize a lot of the problem the government had with the Panthers was because they were trying to teach all poor people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How to unify. Like how to unify. They got all of us fucked up with this mm-hmm. money shit. Let's get let's let's try to make this shit work. Yeah. Um, so what do you say to, to, to that portion of, because I don't want to call you an elder statesman because you're not that fucking old. Like, I was a little older than I am. Like, but technically you got some age on you in this industry. You know what I'm saying? You literally just called out like, that was like, oh, nine. I was like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> all right, bro. All right. Okay. So what do you say? <laughs> what do you say as an elder statesman to 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 the new to the new kid on the block who's coming into this with so much to like so much in the realm going on like how do you what do, what I don't even know what like I don't even know how to say because it's not like a um like someone you sit at your knee like come here son let me let me holler at you but right, right, right. that you would lend to them coming into this into this business that, that is a great hip hop tradition the elder hip hop artist brings you in, sits you on his knee and, and Y'all tells say you elder one is. more goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> in the great hip hop tradition. The, let me tell you how it is while you sit on my knee. Like yeah. we're on your knee. Tell us how it is. Tell us how it is. Yeah. Like, how, and because it's so much to talk about. Um, yeah. I, you know what? I, let's, you know what? Fuck that question. How are you just been feeling as a man, like seeing in 2020 and even now, all the shit that's transpiring? Oh, God. What's my general reaction to the last year and a half? Is that what you're asking me? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um. Ahead. You got two minutes. Okay. Uh, let's see here. My bad. The whole my bad. Curtain my got bad. pulled back and this whole... Here, okay, y'all want to get really real? This whole America was revealed to be an utter sham. It's a sham. It's mm. a sham. The American dream's a sham. American exceptionalism is a sham. Manifest destiny was a sham. We were built on uh, genocide. We were built on slavery. We were built on torture. We were built on betrayal. We don't, we're the goddamn, our nation's history is the plot of the movie Poltergeist, okay? Mm. Like we are on the dead we are we made our home on the dead and now it's all coming to like 
This yeah. is all still, and then and 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 so many people saw it happen and were like, mm, no. And I'm not even just talking about Trump supporters here. here. Mm -hmm. Like so many people want reform mm -hmm. no we can't reform we need to defund on the way to abolishing completely how yeah. about that i feel like though that sort of like what you're saying like so much of that was perpetrated by white people and white mm -hmm. men specifically yeah, and so like going back to what i was asking you before i feel like now there's an opportunity to tear that down in our art also you know like then that's sort mm -hmm. of sort of the mission going forward is like you need to we need to lend ourselves to destroying the you know the patriarchy and and the racial structure that exists um by pointing it out like you said mike like learn the history and and really lean into it but i feel like showing how how to be better white men also like just being more sensitive and not in this like macho egotistical uh you know headspace that drove so much of that what i will say is that the sins of the past can be learned from as well as um supporting and out like for me I I, I want to say it was an episode re in this season that we're we've either played already or it's coming up um where I talked about out like real allyship and I I, I tend to feel like mm. my I've been blessed like on some real shit like like undoubtedly the white people in my life who I consider friends, colleagues, or otherwise have really shown up for me in ways like I'll, I'll tell anyone like my white friends are all up and through curvy girls. Like they were there like coming to the things and donating to the, to and like listening. And we talk about shit and we broken bread together. And I think those are the things that are important to moving the needle, mm -hmm. understanding what other people are going through, hearing what they're saying, being able to hear it and not feel like I don't think I've ever talked to not either you, Mike, nor you or Berber Rock or you, Ryan or Dinga about <laughs> anything. And you've like made me feel like you took it like you weren't in your feelings about it. You yeah. were never like, well, Shakisha, let me explain. You never oh mansplained shit. You never cisgendered me. You never made me feel like we've been able to talk about all kinds of shit. My beliefs in God, whether you do or don't, you never mm -hmm. made me feel any type of way. And I think the only way to get to one another is by having those conversations, getting real with one another, having an understanding of one another that a lot of people are unwilling to do. Because mm. if I keep you in a box, if I keep you at bay, if I keep you at arm's length, I can hold on to my disturbing beliefs, no matter mm. how hurtful they are to not only me, but to generations behind me, to my children, to my kinsmen, no matter what it means, to everything else, I'm gonna hold on to those beliefs. So I'm gonna keep you at bay. I'm gonna keep you over here. And I'm gonna keep those thoughts I have of you over here so that you can always be a thing outside of being a human being yeah. and that's why I feel like the friendships I've made with my white friends at the end of the day we all human but my white friends in the scope of what we've had to live under in this westernized culture mm -hmm. color is a thing and it's real yeah. and it can be currency if you use it properly I told <laughs> yeah. I told 
Ryan, I was like, a couple of weeks ago, I said, mm-hmm. Ryan, you got to use your whiteness better, dude. Like, <laughs> we have no money in the in the coffer for the white boy. You fucking around, kid. Like, no, you're right. I haven't quite used my whiteness the right way. No, you're right. And like, we laughed about it because we both know what the fuck is up and we don't have to pretend and yeah. we can make those kinds of jokes and not even feel any type of way about it until we can all get there. Then what the fuck are we really doing? Thank you so, so much to today's guest, Michael Berberich. You heard some of his music with our intro music today, and you can hear more at brbrck.com. And thank you to you too, dear listener, for spending some time with us. Shakisha, anything else before we get on up out of here? Just can't wait to like have an episode with you and I in the same room, vibing it out together. That's getting coming. it in. That's coming. Talking. Yes, that's what I'm waiting for. Other yeah, than that, it's-, it's been good listeners. And thank you for riding with us. Follow us. Come on. Tell, give us oh. the information. Give yeah, us the yeah. Follow, us on the, follow us on the socials. I got the information queued up right here. A quick reminder, of course, listener, that if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to address on the show, please don't hesitate to send it our way at shakishaandthewhiteboy at gmail.com. Or you can even send us a DM on our socials where you should be following us. As my dear co-host Shakisha just said, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube. You can't send us a DM there, but you can follow the show. Every episode now can be found on YouTube. You can look at us while you're listening. Shakisha looks great today. I love the fit, the blue hat matching the like the blue accent of the, is that a jacket you're wearing? I can't it quite is. tell. It yeah. is, it is, it is. It's working for me. I love Thank it. Y'all. So Thank y'all. If you want to know what I'm talking about, listener, get over to YouTube and check out this week's episode. And please don't forget to like and subscribe if you're listening, if you can do so where you're listening. Thank you so much to everyone who has already rated us. We love you guys so much. Until next time. Peace.